0: You have the American dream. You run your own business. But running a business turns out to be more than you thought. It's a pain in the neck. You're not getting where you want to go. You're not getting what you want to get. And you're working 97 hours a week. (laughs) We're here to help you fix that. This is the Small Business Celebration Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Roberts, and on this podcast, you can learn something that you can use today to grow a strong and profitable business. Before we begin our interview with this week's successful Small Business Vision year, I want to take a moment and thank you, the listener, for listening to Small Business Celebrations podcast. If you're listening to this podcast for the first time, you're about to hear an example of why after several thousand downloads in just over a year, small business owners, CEOs, CFOs, partners, and general managers download Small Business Celebration podcasts in record numbers on a weekly basis. We want to thank the tremendous content that our Visionary guests continue to provide this podcast, our sponsors, and you, Visioner Nation, who have subscribed to this podcast, Guest, internalize our guests' valuable insight, and because of it, are growing a strong and profitable business. And we thank you. Now, ladies and gentlemen, visionaries, it is the first full week in January. We are here in California, where it's about 70 degrees. And so we're celebrating this nice winter day here outside on the patio of Dagny's Cafe here in Bakersfield on 20th and I. And our guest today is not only the one and only Dr. Justin Hybert of Next Steps Coaching. Welcome to the podcast. Thank
1: you very much for having me.
0: What is Next Steps and what is it that you do?
1: Yeah, Next Steps is this dream that I had a number of years ago Mm -hmm. about helping stuck people, stuck leaders, experience that breakthrough. Mm. I help leaders gain clarity and momentum on their most significant and meaningful tasks by eliminating distractions to do what really matters most.
0: Mm. What is the largest difficulty a lot of these business leaders face that you help overcome? It is,
1: it's this distraction of this world that we live in. Mm. I have never met Anybody, particularly a leader, what I might term as a, as a high-performance leader, mm-hmm. who says, you know, I wish I just had a bit more to do, right? <laughs> the reality is it's quite, it's quite the opposite. We have too much going on. Right. Our plates are overfull and we're overburdened and we're overworked. And I come alongside and say, let's get down to what really matters most. There are things that only you can do. Mm-hmm. And that's what you need to be about.
0: When you work with somebody who does that, what is the process like?
1: Yeah, we start by taking, a a, first of all, a holistic view of them, that Mm. a lot of my background and my passion is with leaders facing burnout, Mm. is really how I have tailored a lot of my practice, is to help we have somebody who is rising to be a, a great leader and then commit some sort of fault in the company, personally, morally, whatever it is, and tanks themselves or their business or their closest relationships. Mm. So I start by taking a holistic view of the person and saying, what is it that really matters to you? So I would broadly define myself as a success coach, Mm. but the trick is that you as the person I'm working with get to define what success looks like. Because now we can say, now that we know what success looks like, we know how to keep you healthy Mm. and now we can focus on what really matters.
0: And speaking of defining success, this is the first week of the New Year. Yes. This is the week of everybody New Everybody wants to be successful. <laughs> Absolutely. And this is also the first week of New Year's resolutions. Should everybody make a New Year's resolution?
1: No. <laughs> well, why is uh, that? I would say almost nobody should. New Year's resolutions is this popular uh, idea that, that this is the time to get better. Mm-hmm. right? Th- this is the time that I, I finally want to get my life together. And I want, to, I want to lose weight and I want to make money and I want to whatever it is, which mm. are the right those, those are the popular ones everybody talks about, and the reason that that they don 't work is first of all, they, they tend to lack clarity. I want to lose weight?
2: Mm. Well how much
1: yeah, go without eating for a day there, you lost a <laughs> pound, but I doubt that 's what your end goal is right so they either lack clarity or they are they 're not motivated enough is mm. is the honest answer mm. because especially somebody that, that works with individuals trying to attain that next level of success however they want to define it if the goal matters why wouldn't you have started right away
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know I, I have a background uh, for example in, in health and fitness and and worked in the in the gym industry for a couple of years and it's one of those things like during the holiday season we see a lot of people say well this is the time i'm you know i'm going to enjoy life and i'm going to eat whatever i want and enjoy the holiday parties and i'll get i'll get serious in the new year And yet, working in the gym industry, we also have those hardcore gym fanatics that are there working because they're preparing for a bodybuilding show or physique competition or whatever. And they're the ones, ironically, that become ridiculed because they're not the ones enjoying themselves. They're the ones that should be celebrated because mid-December, they're the ones that have the self-discipline to say no to everything else. So if the goal really matters, January 1st, let's be honest, is a fairly arbitrary date to start. Mm -hmm. It's just the same as June 7th. Right. right. If, if it matters, start on June 7th or September 6th or January 1st. So the problem with New Year's is we've made it this hype machine mm-hmm. that it just can't support.
0: Now, as a business owner, we're going through and we've picked January 1st arbitrarily. If our, That's the beginning of our calendar year, if yeah. not our fiscal year. Yet this is also the time of year where we're trying to define what it is that we're going to do new and differently about our business, about ourselves, about our family. How do we go about creating that definition and putting something together that lasts and that works beyond January 1st, but beyond January 16th and all the way through July 1st?
1: Right. I think what becomes most important to understand in that realm is if you wait until that date, Mm -hmm. you're already too late. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So if I wait until January 1st to decide what my goals are going to be for the year, I'm too far behind. And, I, and I've seen that borne out with, with the high-performing, success-minded individuals that I, that I work with. They are already thinking that one step ahead. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. If, if you get to January 1st and say, well, now, now let me think about becoming a better person or losing weight or getting in shape or right. growing my business... You're already one, two, three steps behind everybody else.
0: But what if you are already two or three steps behind everybody right. else, and today is the day that you actually, oh, by the way, I need to start thinking so, about this. So today, those.
1: yes, today's the day you start. Right. First of all, you take an honest assessment of where you're at. You're three mm. steps behind. That's okay. Okay. But then we start to build in, and this is a lot of the work that I do, we start to build in this future-focused mindset of mm. we have... A yearly goal, right? And maybe that's where we're two or three steps behind. But then in quarterly and monthly and weekly steps, we can get caught up. And so that by the time you are two-thirds, three-quarters of the way through the current quarter, you're already looking ahead Mm. to what that next quarter has, that you just continue this flawless transition from one quarter, one month, one day, one week to the next.
0: And how do you go about reverse-engineering that. So you're, you're the business owner that wants to grow your sales volume by 10%, Right. for, for example. How do you go about reverse-engineer that as you're planning this out in your head or on paper and you're trying to figure this out for your business?
1: Yeah. Well, I, I, I think that's exactly the right mindset. Mm. You, you reverse-engineer it. You, you start you start at the end, right? Okay. So here's this honest ass- assessment of where I'm at, right. but where is it that I want to be? Mm. And I think that I mean, maybe even back to those New Year's resolutions, that's where people mess up because they don't get clear on what that end destination ah. is. And so they might say, I want to grow my sales. Mm. Go get one, right? <laughs> right, right, exactly. <laughs> um, right, right, right. But I want to increase by 10%. Now all of a sudden we've got a definable goal because now you can start to track what that looks like. Well, what would 10% mean? Because that's mm. probably a number. That's 30 clients. And if I make 5 phone calls a day and I know that on average one of those clients is going to turn into sales like now you've started to create that process. Mm. So I think that idea of reverse engineering is actually where it lies. But you have to be clear on what that end destination is. And that's where I've noticed a lot of people fall short. They can't get clear on what it on where it is they're trying to end up. And so there's this quote by Andy Stanley who says everybody ends up somewhere. Some people end up somewhere on purpose. Ah. Oh. And it's that level of intentionality Hmm. that gets people to get to a place where they can look around and say, this is the life I wanted to create as a parent, as a spouse, as a business owner, as a, however success is defined, ending up somewhere on purpose.
0: You've just touched on something that I think is key, is trying to figure out what that balance is. And you've brought in the notion of there's something outside of the business. You're talking about family, you're talking about Mm -hmm. friends and all that. How do we go about figuring that into, okay, I want my business to grow by 10%. What other things that should we be looking at in addition to that business growth?
1: You hear lots of people mention this idea of work-life balance. Is there such a thing? My short answer is, is no. Okay. Instead, the way that I try to define it is balance, balance happens when we have the right priorities in the right place. Mm. So the analogy that I tend to use is something... Something like a fish tank. Mm-hmm. That if I, if I have a bunch of rocks and I want to fill the fish tank up, I have to start with the big rocks. Mm-hmm. Because if I start with the small rocks, I'm going to run out of space in the fish tank because they're all going to sink to the bottom. Right. Figure out what those big rocks of your life are. Okay. Work certainly has to be a fairly big rock, but is it the biggest? Maybe we just default to that. My family, my health, my financial portfolio, my relationship with my kids. hmm my free time, my hobbies, whatever they are, Mm -hmm. again, you get to define what that idea of success looks like. But start with those big rocks. And then we work up to those maybe medium sized rocks. Mm -hmm. So if my my big three are my relationship with my spouse, my kids and my business, maybe my medium sized ones are what does my hobbies look like? How do I spend my free time? What do I do with my friends? And then Mm -hmm. I have all of these tiny little rocks, social media, those random outings that... Mm -hmm those need to have a place, but okay. those end up taking the least amount of space. And the problem is this idea of work-life like work balance is that we tend to try to make all the rocks the same size. Right. And the reality is they're not.
0: Okay. Now, as we've gone through and we've built, we've figured out what our rocks are, now comes implementing what, mm-hmm. that, what that is. How do we go about implementing these different size rocks?
1: We start by admitting to ourselves that we have put... The priority in the wrong area okay if we want to recreate a life that one that we're proud of mm-hmm. one that has life in the right proportions i'm uh, trying to avoid that balance phrase right The mm-hmm. one that has life in the right proportions the what? big rocks are in the right place then i really take my clients through a four-step process if, if it has to be done it has to be done by you mm-hmm. we're going to consider that a big rock that's something that's core to what you have to do right if it has to be done but maybe not by you then you can either automate it mm-hmm. or you can delegate it. Okay. I'm going to set you know, my social media feed to just post for me automatically. There are great programs out there that do that, so I don't have to worry about it. Right. Or I can say I can hire somebody or find somebody who's willing to exchange goods and services so that they can take care of maybe a weak spot of mine to free me up. And if I've just found myself doing something that doesn't need to be done, then I just stop doing it. <laughs> right. Sure, <laughs> right. Sure, because sure. We, we allow our lives to become over-busy and overfilled, and sometimes the best answer is to just say no. So that first act of defiance and towards reclaiming that life that we want is often just to say no. And that's the hard one.
0: There's a great phrase by Jeffrey Gittimer who says, at one point, you have to stop becoming master of the universe. Yes.
1: (laughs) Uh, I am good at very few things, but I make sure that I spend the majority of my time doing those things. And that's really what I try to help other people do. What are those things you're the best at? Mm -hmm because that's where you're going to see the biggest return for your business when you're living right there.
0: If people wanted to discover what their rocks are and how to implement that plan, how do they get in touch with you to do that?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I'm on all of the social media channels. Most of them are at J.S. Hebert, H-I-E-B-E-R-T. But if you want to give me a call, you can do that at 661-750-2183 or email me justin at justinhebert.com and I will get back to you in a As quick as I can, and we will find a time, I offer a free discovery session for everybody that calls or emails, just so that, number one, you can make sure this is actually a journey you want to embark on, but two, just so that we can get to know each other. I'll give you basically what amounts to a free coaching session, just to make sure that we're going to be a good fit so that you can create this plan and this life that you ultimately want to.
0: You want to have your best year ever. The problem is... There's a million New Year's resolutions out there that just don't work. But what if there were four simple, proven guidelines that can help you on your business journey that will help you achieve the things you want in life this year? Tim McNeely, one of our past guests here on the Small Business Celebration Podcast, has a special free offer just for you. Go to lifestone.co.com forward slash four things, four things, four guidelines, four takeaways, four things you and your business needs to have to have the best year ever. Go to lifestone.co.com forward slash four things and achieve the things you want in life this year. We're here with Dr. Justin Hebert, the owner of Next Steps Coaching, and we're talking about being that this is the first week of the new year, and we're talking about New Year's resolutions that don't work and how to put together a plan that does work for you and your business. I'd like to take a step back and discover your own personal journey on how you found this and and how you've implemented this, not just theory, but into your real life and into your practicality. And you are not native of Bakersfield. You originally came from... I am not. Where did you originally (laughs) come from?
1: Uh, I originally came from Kansas. Uh I grew up on a small farm in a small farming community i left at 18 to go to college i met a girl 15 years later we've ended up here but we've lived we've lived in the central valley we lived in fresno for a number of years we moved back to denver and at each one of these stages at each one of these places it's been this gradual realization of who am i and what am i called to do and how do i best serve the people around me mm-hmm. And it's really landed me here in Bakersfield doing exactly that, trying to help people gain that clarity to experience breakthrough.
0: Speaking of calling, what was a major calling in your life that helped propel you into coaching? I got a coach (laughs) (laughs) is is really maybe the short answer of it. Uh
1: That I've had four or five coaches over the last number of years, but there was one in particular who, as I was wrestling with at the time in Denver, I was a pastor, I had just started my doctoral program and looking at issues of leadership health. And I was just like, I I don't know how to reconcile how we have these high-performing leaders who turn around and face burnout. Mm. And some of that was uh, the story of the church that I was involved in at the time, that several of the previous leaders had just, like, gotten overwhelmed and turned around and walked away. Mm. And I said, I don't want that to happen to me. Right. And I don't want that that to happen to other people. Mm. So what can be done? And then I had this coach who was walking me through some of my doctoral studies. He was more focused on the doctoral relationship, mm-hmm. but then he just looks at me and he goes, well, you know, you can fix that. What? Well, I can. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, like, I had never paired that together before. And I was like, I can do something about it. And I think I should. And so it became this burning passion and desire of mine to say, we have such great leaders, both in the church world, but in the business world that are really working hard to make a difference. And I want to support them so that they can remain healthy and leave that impact that they know that they've been called to to leave.
0: You just brought up something that I think is very key and important here. And that is even a coach needs a coach.
1: Everybody needs a coach.
0: <laughs> because there's it's, there's this notion out there that business coaches are very Mm self-serving and thinking, well, of course every business owner needs a coach. That's why I'm here. (laughs) (laughs) But what what a lot of business owners don't realize is even a coach needs a coach. And even to this day, you yourself use a coach as it were. And explain what does a coach do for you?
1: A coach in in general is, think of them almost like a sounding board. They're somebody who will come alongside. And a lot of times, especially the higher you rise in an organization, You find that you have fewer and fewer people to talk to. Mm. You are trusted with bigger, maybe more financially burdensome decisions. And you have a very small circle that you can trust to interact with regarding those decisions. And the coach is that person that you can go to in confidence and say, here's the situation I'm struggling with. What do I do? And that coach acts as a sounding board to help you discover those big rocks. And what are those values that matter most to you? sometimes in the business world that means we need to make this decision or take the company this way Mm -hmm. but it's also i've i've counseled and coached with people who he hired me for for one specific task he's like i want you to help me in in the area of parenting Mm -hmm. my job is great relationship with my wife is great help me be a better dad and we started to coach and i get home and i'm tired and i don't have anything left for my kids and what we discovered was he was actually a great dad the problem was he didn't like his job and he didn't know that because he convinced himself that he did. But it was in the, the confines of being able to have that safe place that he could say, I love what I get to do with my kids. The problem is work is taking the wrong energy and wrong focus from me. Mm-hmm. So we created this exit strategy. He was rather high up in the company and we created this exit strategy and he over the course of six months transitioned out, mm-hmm. stepped into a, a new, less stressful career that he found so much more fulfilling that Still paid the bills, but gave him so much more time to spend with his kids and is doing great.
0: One of the things you also mentioned earlier is that you also do physical training as part of your coaching as well. Why mm-hmm. is that important? Why is that significant?
1: I firmly believe a lot of times our, our mental state can be tied to our physical one. If I'm sitting down and my shoulders are slouched over and I'm spent hunched over a computer and I'm getting frustrated and not moving, the easy solution is to get up and take a walk, right? That's how you break writer's block. Right. But so much more than that, how we present our bodies, how we take care of our bodies matters to how the rest of our life looks through our leadership lens. Mm. And that doesn't mean we have to be, you know, rippling washboard abs and Hollywood physique. But what it does mean is that what we eat fuels our bodies. So if we're not eating correctly, oh, I stayed at the office late, so I'm going to grab drive through fuels our body in one way. The the more we sit, uh, all of these physiological changes that we make to our body to allow us to to play small and to shrink down and to maybe grow large (laughs) if we we eat the wrong foods, plays out into the rest of our life. Mm. That when I get home from a stressful day and I take it out on cake and then don't have energy to interact with my kids, I have just made subtle decisions that change trajectory of my leadership. Hmm. So instead, I, I figured a number of years ago, one of the best ways that I can serve my clients is actually adding a personal training certificate so that when I talk about this is why we need exercise, I actually know what I'm talking about. So that they can experience this holistic transformation of here's what I eat, here's who I'm trying to become, here's how I take care of my body, and here's how I impact the world.
0: And how did you discover that?
1: I was unhealthy physically myself.
0: <laughs> what was the turning point in your life, in your career, when you said, you know what, I need to integrate physical fitness into my my own personal life?
1: Yeah, uh, I, I kind of looked up and I realized I could not get through the day without taking a nap. Mm-hmm. I had no energy. I had zero drive. For somebody that talks about success, I realized I was losing what my vision of success was trying to look like. Mm-hmm. I was losing that motivation and desire to get up and get better. And I was just like, well... I guess I'm just going to go to the gym today. I don't even know why I made that choice. It was just like, I'm going to go to the gym. And one day in, I felt a little bit better. Well, let me try a second day, and let me try a third day. Right. And slowly over the last decade, it was just one of those continual habits that became one of the key cornerstone transformational habits for me that now I don't miss a day because it's, it's that important to who it is that I'm trying to be so that I can be who I need to to serve my clients.
0: Does physical fitness help with burnout
1: yes absolutely part of this idea behind burnout Mm. is this overwhelming feeling that there isn't an option uh, maybe that there isn't a way out would be the easiest way to say it i'm burned out because this is my situation and i don't see any way that it can change right physical fitness is a very tangible way to remind us that things can change actually very quickly Mm. one of the simple things that i do when we implement a physical component is that you start taking progress pictures Because if you stare at yourself in the mirror every day, you can believe this myth that nothing changes. But over the course of two weeks or a month, all of a sudden you start to see, hey, I've got a little less gut or I'm standing a little taller or my shoulders are broader or whatever it is that we're trying to work on. My posture is better. My back doesn't hurt as much. Physical fitness allows us very quickly to see that we can change our circumstances in some very dramatic ways in a very short amount of time.
0: And you're not no longer needing to take a nap. And, and no you're no longer, longer to... needing to
1: take a nap. <laughs> uh, I'll be honest, my day now starts between 2.30 and 3 in the morning. And I, I haven't had a nap, and I've only had two cups of coffee. So I'm, I'm feeling great. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Visioneers. You know how many of you take to our social media sites on LinkedIn, Instagram, and Facebook, and let us know what you like and don't like about the Small Business Celebration podcast? Well, guess what? Your comments are being rewarded. On February 2nd, 2020, Small Business Celebration is unveiling a special program just for you. This program rewards you for your current support of this podcast, but will also give you a greater voice, greater input, and greater value, all because you like comment and share our posts on linkedin instagram and facebook if you haven't liked commented and shared our posts on linkedin instagram and facebook start now february 2nd is just around the corner and you don't want to miss out like comment and share our posts on linkedin instagram and facebook right now pause this episode like comment and share and then come right back you'll be glad you did we're here with Dr. Justin Hebert with Next Steps Coaching. And I want to, first of all, convey my condolences as a Colorado fan of the Denver Broncos this season. I am so <laughs> sorry. That,
1: that was a tough one to watch. <laughs> right. We were there for the Super Bowl, and they have come a long way since then.
0: <laughs> uh, but not necessarily the right way. Not on the right way, unfortunately. <laughs> As you've developed your business and you've developed your program, give us a little bit of the transformation that happened that got you into coaching in the first place. What was that aha moment?
1: For me, it's been this continual transformation from the jobs that I've had. Mm. Like if you look at my resume, there's a little bit here and there's a little bit here and there's a little bit here. Right. And it's, it's all over the place. And each step, could either be seen as this this setback, oh, this wasn't it, or the way I choose to see it, it was this clarification. Mm. So my very first job out of college, hey, that had a lot of good things, but that clearly wasn't it. Right. And then I, I got another job and I took another job and I'd stay in each one for three, five, seven years, whatever it was. And each time it, it was, what are the things about this job that I really, really like? And I have just slowly started to pair those things together. So I love this idea of, of help and service. I love this idea of coming alongside leaders and keeping them healthy. I love being able to give back. I love setting values around my my family and the way we spend time together. And each of these stops has allowed me to say, what are the good things that I'm seeing around me, and how do I make more of that? But all of this hasn't been easy. You've Very little of it has been easy.
0: <laughs> what is something that has happened that... Was a major educational clarification in your life. Yeah, that I- that influences the decisions you continue to make today.
1: I'm not sure how long you want this podcast to go, but I've I've got a list. I'll share this one, the first one that came to mind. Since you mentioned educational moment, was was actually around education, and I was probably 30 days or so out from thesis defense, and I feeling the And thesis defense is for for, for my doctoral okay. degree, and. You know, getting ready to stand up in front of a committee and present a 200 page paper that I'd spent two years of my life writing and I am expected now to be the expert and I just, I remember turning to my wife and I'm just like I don't know that I can do this <laughs> and she, you know, because wives are, are always smarter, or at least mine is much <laughs> smarter than me she turns and she goes, you don't have a choice <laughs> and this this idea reawakened within me especially having kids, that if I quit now, and I could easily have justified that this was the hardest thing that I'd ever done in my life, because it was. But if I can justify quitting when things get hard for me, then I am passing on to them this idea that they can quit when things get hard for them. Mm. And it was this reaffirmation that we're called to do hard things, and oftentimes the great things we want to do, those world-changing ideas we have in us, won't come easy. Right. And that is precisely what makes them worthwhile in seeing through to completion.
0: As we go through and we develop our professional career, what are some of the things that has helped you with your success going through some of these challenges that you, that you experienced beyond the, getting the, the doctoral?
1: One of the big ones for me, honestly, is, is having a family mm-hmm. that supports me and encourages me and loves me, whether I can come home and say today was a successful day or not. Mm-hmm. Like they're, they're the reality, and that goes back to this idea of success. Mm-hmm. My idea of success is... The, the values, the the wisdom that I impart to my kids. And I've, uh, I tell people a lot, I'm not raising kids, I'm actually raising adults. And that, I think, changes the way that I interact with them because I want them to know mm-hmm. dad fails, but dad gets up and continues to try. And they're the people that even if I come home and they can tell I've had a hard day, they're right there. Fun little habit they have gotten into. They know when I lock the car, they hear the horn beep, and they come screaming out of the the front door every single day, Daddy's home, and all of the neighbors know when I pull up because my kids are screaming down. (laughs) All four of them. All four of them are screaming (laughs) down the front yard. Hard hard to go home and be mad when I've got that much love running out of the door to me. And so even in the midst of setback or failure, even in the midst of, of the difficult days of, well, that didn't go the way I planned, That helps me keep perspective on ultimately what matters and why it is I do what I do.
0: And it sounds like these values that you raise, not kids but adults, is also something that parlays to business owners who have employees. Mm -hmm. And how does that mindset work? You know,
1: it's funny. I was talking to to somebody recently about this. A couple of weeks ago, we were having this conversation about employee recognition, Mm. right? This. Mm Well, do I just have to keep paying them more? No. Actually, it turns out people just love being recognized for doing a good job. Right. And Gallup came out with a poll. They've, they've, every year, Gallup does a survey that looks at employee engagement. And since 2000, their, their 2018 studies show that 34% of employees are actively engaged in the workforce, which is... I suppose rather appalling it except is. for the fact that it's the highest number they've ever recorded. <laughs> and it's actually trending up. The good news and the bad news the is The good news and the bad news <laughs> is it's at 34%. And the difference that they're finding is when employees get recognized. Mm. Doesn't have to be big, right? You don't have to send them to the Bahamas, but it can be standing up in a staff meeting and saying, "We just want to recognize the work that you have done. We want to say thank you. Here's a card, here's a $5 Starbucks gift card, here's your picture on the employee wall." Those things matter Hmm. it matters to my kids when I praise them and it matters in the workplace when we praise those around us hey you did a really good job and I think everybody needs to know that
0: you've done a lot of coaching in a variety of different formats everything from seminary to leading a church to now traipsing across the country from the the middle to from middle America to to beautiful to (laughs) hatch And one of the things I noticed that you really like to focus on is resisting burnout. Mm -hmm. And especially since we have just come out of the month of December where it's all the holiday parties, it's all the family get-togethers, it's all the stress from trying to figure out how to pay for all the gifts, Mm -hmm. giving things we don't want to people we don't like, uh, as as the phrase goes. But what is something that a business owner or a business leader can do today to help mitigate or reduce some of that stress?
1: One of the hardest things that we ever have to do mm-hmm. in, in most of our areas of lives, quite frankly, is to ask for help, particularly as a business owner mm-hmm. or, or in some sort of field where we're expected to be the expert. We, we carry this unfair burden mm-hmm. that assumes that we always have to have it all together, that we always have to have it all right, right. and that we always have to be calm and composed and, and ready to pronounce this great word. Right. And the reality is we're, we're just not there. We're and human. We're human. And we, we fail and we falter. And people really resonate with vulnerability. It's this counterintuitive approach that in order to stop burnout, what you actually have to do is talk about being burned out. And it's this idea. I was, I was talking to a, a counselor once, and I said, the counseling field has remarkably low levels of burnout, at least comparative to other helping professions. Right. How do you, he was, he was teaching at a, at a university, and I said, how do you fight against it? And he goes, we talk about it from day one. When they sign up to say, I want to be in the counseling program, we start talking about burnout and how seriously we take it. Right. You want to fight against it? You got to ask for help, whether that's from a professional coach, mm. whether that's from your spouse, whether that's a friend that you just trust that you can go grab a drink with and say, I'm struggling right now. Mm. Whatever it is, being able to open up is really the only cure for being able to fight the disease of burnout.
0: One of the ways that you can learn how to do all of this and if not be reminded on all these things that we just spoke about is to listen to your podcast. Yes. What is the name of your podcast and where can people find it?
1: Yes. So if you go to my website, justinhebert.com, you'll see not just my blog posts, but we recently wrapped up season one of the Leader Quest podcast, which is this holistic view at what does it mean for us to be healthy as leaders. And it's designed to maybe be a bit of the lighter side of leadership. Mm-hmm. It's often recorded with, with my wife and I, and you'll hear our kids in the background because <laughs> we just want to give you a very honest look about here's what it's like as being a business owner and being married to a business owner. Here's what it's like to have kids in. I can work from anywhere. So some days I work from home and some days I go find a coffee shop and we just give this very real raw view of what leadership looks like. So you can find it on my website. It's also available at all of the common places that you listen to podcasts, Apple iTunes and all those places you can subscribe and i I'd love it because we have just a blast producing the goofy side of what leadership can look like.
0: And what is something that Visionary Nation can do today to grow a strong and profitable business?
1: They they can learn to practice consistency. Mm. I'm a firm believer that consistency beats intensity every single time. Mm. One of the challenges I, I often issue my clients is do one scary thing every single day. Like if we're continuously pushing that boundary of where we're comfortable, Mm -hmm. then we're always being exposed to these new ideas. And once that becomes a consistent habit, all of a sudden making sales phone calls is easy or needing to have that difficult conversation or pulling an employee aside about, hey, here's how we need to improve some of those key metrics that we're looking at. But the thing that often gets missed is that it needs to happen consistently. Mm. I'm going to have a whole bunch of meetings right now, and then I won't see you for six months. Right. But if I can communicate clearly every single day, it builds trust, it builds rapport, it builds confidence, and ultimately that's what leads to this breakthrough victory.
0: Dr. Hebert? Justin? This has been a pleasure. Well, thank you very much for having me. And I'm so glad that you were able to join us the first week of the new year here yes. on the Small well, Business Celebration. Well, happy new year. <laughs> and I look forward to talking and having you back on again soon. Thank you very much. You want to have your best year ever. The problem is there's a million New Year's resolutions out there that just don't work. But what if there were four simple Proven guidelines that can help you on your business journey that will help you achieve the things you want in life this year. Tim McNeely, one of our past guests here on the Small Business Celebration podcast, has a special free offer just for you. Go to lifestone.co.com forward slash four things, four things, four guidelines, four takeaways four things you and your business needs to have to have the best year ever. Go to lifestone.co.com forward slash four things and achieve the things you want in life this year. Who is a visioneer? A visioneer is a small business leader who is a pioneer that has vision. A visionaire is someone willing to see the world, not as it is, but as it could be. And is willing to do something about it. A visionaire is ethical, smarter, faster, and leaner than the mainstream competition. A visioneer gives value first because visioneers are in business for the long haul. Visioners understand the difference between saving money and earning a profit. Visioneers define their destiny. Visioneers create their own luck. Visioneers surround themselves with successful, like-minded people. Visioneers are renegades who defy the mainstream competition and are ready to change the world. Are you a visioneer? Join the Visioneer tribe at Small Business Celebration on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram today. Thank you for listening to the Small Business Celebration podcast. Some of today's music was brought to you by Ted Hammond, and you might find more of Ted's music at ReverbNation.com forward slash Ted Hammond. That's ReverbNation.com forward slash Ted Hammond. If you enjoyed this episode and gained some insight from it for your business, subscribe to the Small Business Celebration podcast at iTunes.com forward slash Small Business Celebration and give us a five-star review. Also, if there's a business you'd like us to interview, reach out to us on LinkedIn and Facebook and let us know. Until next time, I'm your host, Michael Roberts, of the Small Business Celebration Podcast, and we wish you a strong and profitable business.